You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast with pastor and teaching elder Adam Vinson. Um, over the past four weeks, we've kind of repackaged some things in the form of two-year goals, what we want to see done over the next two years to kind of wrap up that whole process of things that we communicated about four years ago. And so I want to review some of that today. We are going to repackage that on our two dry erase boards in the back as well so that we can visualize that moving forward as well. I want to tell you today exactly what it is we're trying to get done over the next two years, big picture wise, and then how you immediately come underneath that and start pushing us in that direction as well. Okay, so it's not strictly leadership goals. It's our church goals that we want buy in from everybody. And we believe that everybody has a role to play in the fulfillment of those goals. Okay, so I'm going to open us up in prayer and then we'll jump in and, and talk specifically about some of the things that we've talked about over the past couple of weeks, um, talk about some of the application points of that, how you guys participate in these goals moving forward. All right, let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you uh, for the great week that we've had. We thank you for the chance to come together uh, with our church family once again on a Sunday, celebrating the resurrection, celebrating the salvation that you've made available to us. Lord, I thank you that we can gather this morning, look around and see other believers that... um, are, are striving and pursuing the same things that we are. And God, we praise you and thank you for the work that you're doing in our life, the work that you're doing through our church. And God, we ask that you would continue to use our church in this community, uh, but not just here, but around the world as well, that you would multiply our money, multiply our gifts so that we can be faithful to serve you um, as we wait for Jesus to come back. And um, God, I pray that you would give us even further clarity today as we talk through some of these things things that you have um, placed upon our heart, I believe, through what you've communicated in Scripture that a local church is supposed to be doing. And uh, God, I pray that you would give us clarity and how each individual member has a role to play in in some of these things as well. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so four weeks ago, we kind of started off, kicked off this series talking about our active presence in the community. And Originally, we had you know, kind of talked about hopes of starting our own thing, but as we've kind of worked through some of that, kind of thinking that maybe, maybe that's better, uh, better for us to think through how do we come alongside somebody that's already doing some things. And so just looking through Scripture, uh, kind of looking through um, things that are, that are laid out there as far as what, what's God's heart in regards to the less fortunate we looked at passages that really highlighted the, the widow aspect and the orphan aspect. And so we're wanting to think through how we can develop a presence in this community, specifically in those two areas. And so our repackaging of that goal is to establish an active presence in our community by creating intentional ways for our members to serve the less fortunate together, specifically targeting opportunities to care for widows and orphans. The why part of this goal is that caring for the less fortunate is a manifestation of God's heart. It's also a benchmark for living out the Christian life. Um, It's what's kind of used as the separation stick between the sheep and the goats when Jesus comes back, those who have taken care of the less fortunate. And so specifically in regards to our two-year goal, what we want to have happen, and this this should happen well before two years. So all of these are under a two-year plan, but a lot of these should happen well before we get into those two years because of things that we're already doing right now. But certainly, by the, by the summer of 2020, which seems crazy to think about, it seems like so far away from now, um, we want to know exactly who and exactly how we plan to serve in this community, 
So, you know, we've already been doing some stuff with Surf Sonoy with the events that they do. We've helped with I-58. We've, we've helped a little bit with the CPS. But we really want to nail down, this is what we do as Sovereign Hope Church in this community. We kind of take ownership of this is what we are going to be when it comes to local community involvement. And what we would really like to do is to be able to communicate to even people that come and visit our church and start to go through the membership process. This is what we do. We want you to be in prayer about how you're going to do it with us. So it's not just something that some of the ladies do, um, that it's something that everybody is capable of doing. So we need to expand a little bit about what we're already doing. Um, and so that's kind of our goal right now for two, over the next two years. Certainly, like I said, I think before two years, we want to know exactly who we're trying to serve and how we plan to do it. Um, some things that, that we've asked of you guys that I want to just kind of remind you, and I'm going to give you something at the very end that kind of shows all of this on one sheet of paper, what we're trying to do over two years and how you right now help out. And what we want to do is to continue to update the what you do right now. As we work through some of this, continually updating the member's role in pushing us towards these goals. So right now what we've asked you to do is specifically to be in prayer about some additional opportunities uh, with the Coweta Pregnancy Services. Okay, so right now, if we were to summarize, what, what, what do we do currently? We do the baby bottles, we do the fundraiser gala, and we do the 5K run. And then as, as, as needed throughout the year, on a rotational basis, we're doing the diaper drive. Okay? I think that's all the ways that we are currently serving. Anything that I've missed there? We've got the baby bottles, fundraiser event in May, the 5K in September, and then the um, diaper drives that we do. Is it every other month that we're doing that? Is that what the rotation is? Every quarter? Every quarter. Okay. Um, yesterday was a great event. Um, some of you guys are wearing your shirts that we got yesterday. Um, it was a great turnout for our church, and we would love to continue to build off of that turnout. Um, I know it's such an encouragement to them to have us there. Trinity, it's really cool. Trinity's come alongside and really started to participate in the event as well. Um, but it's a great opportunity for us to promote life and to get involved and to give money um, in that event. But we want to continue to expand upon that, right? So we've asked you guys to pray about... Um, the idea of us taking over the fundraiser auction, um, and that's a, that's a way for our men to potentially get involved, for sure. Certainly our women can be involved in that as well, but one thing that we really want to see potentially increase at that fundraiser event is more manly-type items that can be auctioned off. Um, and there's a, a lot of women that work at the center, and so I don't know that they are thinking in that direction necessarily all the time. Um, and so you know, we've talked about the potential of us coming alongside and doing that. What does that mean? Well, it means that we would have to have some people committed to kind of coming up with a wish list of things that we think would be great and then formulating a plan. How do we go get that either for free or at a low cost to where the center would still make money off of it, right? Um, I haven't had anybody ask me about that, so I don't know if that's something that maybe there's just zero interest in or not. I know we haven't given you a ton of direction about it because there's a lot of question marks around. There's like nothing in place for what that necessarily would look like. Um, but I want to give you guys the opportunity to formally respond to that very soon. Um, we're probably going to send out some type of sign-up sheet that, that gives you the chance to say, you know what, I'd like to be involved in at least us sitting down in a smaller group to kind of hash that out. Is that something that we could do? 
Um, and I, I've already started brainstorming some things that I think we could do that would be great um, money-making opportunities for them. And again, everything that's brought in and auctioned off that night goes directly into the center. And so um, it'd be a great way for us to be involved. We'd have people involved in it all year long, collecting items potentially. Um, we've asked you guys to pray through um, the possibility of serving as a board member. Um, I've had some discussions within our church about that, but I posted the, the job description for what it would look like. I don't know that, it's, that there's only one opening or not, um, but we would love to potentially have somebody serving on the board with Coweta Pregnancy Services um, as, as kind of a voice for us, as we can kind of share things with that church member to then voice to the rest of the board members, that type of thing. Okay, so two-year commitment for that, people that are rolling off, so maybe even opportunity for more than one person on our church um, to be involved in that. So again, we're going to give you the formal opportunity to respond to that too. Um, again, that's an opportunity for male or female to be involved. Um, and that's what we're wanting to do specifically with CPS is increase opportunities for our men to be involved in that ministry as well. Um, and then the other piece that we talked about praying through is the, um, the counseling opportunity piece, the opportunity to kind of go down there and serve on a weekly basis um, and give counsel to the women that are coming there for guidance about what to do. Um, and I think there may be even other opportunities available there during the week. I don't know. I was talking with a pastor yesterday who said his daughter goes and serves each week um, counting diapers and sorting diapers and that kind of thing. Um, but certainly the counseling piece is something that I think is a potential opportunity for us to expand upon what we're doing and it not just be monetarily that we're supporting them, but to really be able to come alongside on the spiritual side of things and be able to communicate gospel truth. And so Jen's going to come and just share a little bit about her experience. She had the opportunity to do that for two years, three years, three years. And so she's going to give you a little bit of information about what it was like for her to serve there. She was going to do this Wednesday night. We ran out of time at Matt 28. So she's going to share just a little bit about that. So I wanted to tell you first what all they do there, and then I can tell you about my experience. Um, The main thing that they do is the pregnancy tests, um, just to verify you are pregnant. Um, And then they also do the ultrasounds, usually about anywhere between the 8 to 12-week mark uh, for how far along they are. And then they offer the Earn While You Learn classes, which is um, a course that once you have become an official client, you can sign up and take either courses on, like, leading up to your pregnancy or you can come post-pregnancy, and it's, like, parenting classes. Um, And they can earn credits for um, diapers, formula, wipes, um, and then they even have a small, like, um, closet shelf of um, certain age kids' clothes that you can come in and get. And then every once in a while, some girls will just come in off the street requesting stuff, but they have to kind of limit the help that they give in that way. Um, Various ways that you can volunteer is doing the – pregnancy counseling um and then which i'll elaborate on in just a second um doing the earn while you learn counseling so there are separate things that you would be involved in and then um other things that i had seen people volunteer for while i was there were um sometimes they'd have like a church group come and they planted all fresh flowers in the front or they just did maintenance on the building because it's really old um for a short period of time there was a mother-daughter team that came um, every Thursday for a little while, and they just organized all of the Earn While You Learn stuff and just made it a little bit more accessible, labeled things. Um, 
Another thing is, you were right, you can come and volunteer to wrap diapers because they don't hand out a pack of diapers. They hand out, I forget the exact number, when either it's earned from the Earn While You Learn classes or if somebody just walks in and says, hey, do you have size such and such diapers, they hand them. It's probably like bundled in six or eight or I can't remember exactly, but they bundle them in a certain amount so that it's consistent what they're giving out. Um, so those were um, almost kind of like random. You might wouldn't even realize that people volunteer for those kind of things. And it's helpful. Um, painting um, on the outside of the building was something. Um, so specifically the thing that I did was um, the pregnancy counseling. Um, and what that looks like is, um, well, in case you're not really sure what the times, um, what what it looks like in a day to do that is in the more they take a break they're closed from 12 to 1 they just shut the doors um, and, and nobody comes they don't schedule anything like that so a lot of times people will have a um, slot from 9 to 12 and the um, sessions are just scheduled for an hour it might not take an hour but they just kind of block it off that way so if you were from 9 to 12 you potentially could see four girls um, and then so I went every Thursday from 1 to 5 um, and so it was so funny. The first time Cindy and Jill came, for years I actually had had it kind of like on my bucket list. This is something I would really be interested in doing is working at a crisis pregnancy center. That's not the name of this one. But um, so Cindy and Jill came, and I went up to them that afternoon, and I was like, you know what? I'm available Thursdays from 1 to 5. That's all I got. She was like, our counselor on Thursdays from 1 to 5 just left. And um, she said, you're like, basically, you're hired, <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, so I thought that that was the most minimal thing you could offer anybody, but it was exactly what they needed. So it was um, a super big God thing that kind of pointed me in that direction. Um, so if you're thinking you're not available, you might be available for exactly what they want. But one of the things about, although they do need counselors, is at least when I was there, they only did, like, the pregnancy counseling on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays and then earn while you learn had to be on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays so they don't have the space to offer both in one day um, so if you, if you think about it like that then if they have enough people coming for the morning and the afternoon slot to do the counseling they don't always need a counselor um, does that make sense so like they need counselors but not if they have enough right now so you might call and say, hey, do you need anything? And you're like, oh, I thought I was, like, ready for this, and this is exactly what God wanted me to do. But if the slots are full, don't be discouraged. They just don't need them right now. But you never know. I had to call almost with, like, no notice for them and tell them I can't come anymore at all. And so they lost their Thursday afternoon counselor, which means all of a sudden that slot's open. So you can just kind of check back for that kind of stuff because they're just volunteers based on when people are available. Um, so you could give them your name and just say, let me know when something comes up I'm available for it um so the what a counseling session for me would look like is the girl would come in whether she had an appointment or not um and they would give her a form to fill out um and then it would be full of questions that kind of helped you realize where is this girl emotionally about this pregnancy did she want it um, was it planned? Um, and then it would give you a little bit of an idea about is she addicted to anything right now? What um, kind of stuff is she regularly putting into her body? That way, when you started talking to her, you, did you know where she was at in her ability to be able to communicate to you or how safe is the baby growing inside of her based on what those addictions are? Um, 
and then some of the questions would lead you to a better understanding of what kind of support does she have, um, what kind of network, um, church, family, is the father in the picture, what's the situation. Um, obviously, age was a big question to answer because certain things were illegal under a certain age. And I actually was not allowed to meet with anybody under the age of 14. A full-time staff member had to do that because anything under 14 was illegal. Um, and they had to call the police. So they didn't put me in those kind of pressure situations. Um, and then some of the questions would lead you to understand a little bit more about where they were spiritually. Do they have a church? Um, what do they even know about God? And so they would fill this form out, and I would get to read it before I even called the client back. And then I would um, take them in, and we would sit and almost go through the exact same form again with them verbally. And at first I didn't understand why until they explained to me, because if the client walked in with a mom or a boyfriend or just a best friend, and they sat there next to that person filling out the form, if those two people weren't on the same page with what they wanted with this pregnancy, um, how they felt about it emotionally, that um, client might not be honest with the question. So if they, most of the time they were more honest verbally with you one-on-one in the room, than they were on the paper, and so you could see the differences there once you got done talking to them, and then you could kind of find out what are we actually dealing with and have a better understanding of how you could help. Then we would take the pregnancy test, and it would um, just, you know, one of the kind you pee with, and, <laughs> uh, and then I would come back in, and we would do our best to estimate how far along you are, uh, and then we kind of let them digest that information. Um, you know, depending on how far along they were, we could kind of say, Ooh, because if it was negative and they might, we're going to be three weeks along, we might would say, you might want to come back um, if, if you think you might still be pregnant. Um, after that, from my perspective, what it would look like for the pregnancy counseling piece is um, when you felt like you understood where she was emotionally and what the person in the waiting room was, because that you could give them an opportunity to talk about what the person in the waiting room was wanting to do with this pregnancy. You could say, would you like for that person to come in here with us now? and um, hear the results of the test. Um, and then let's just talk through how we can help from there on. Sometimes they wouldn't want that person to come back, um, and sometimes they would, and it would be really good support and encouragement for them. Um, if the client was um, considering an abortion, um, even if you just kind of thought they were and they weren't really open to it, we would schedule an ultrasound as soon as possible, even that day if they were far enough along, um, because... They say statistically that 90% of the women that have the ultrasound will change their mind and decide to keep the baby. So that's a big tool that they have. That's not really something we can volunteer for because it's a trained ultrasound tech that does that. Um, But that's one of the biggest tools that they have for saving um, those that potentially would have been lost. Um, So that was what I did on a regular basis. And honestly, sometimes I'd go and I'd have four clients. Um, Every hour would be booked. And then sometimes I'd have clients booked and they just wouldn't show up and you never knew what had happened. Um, But it's just that flexibility. And in those moments when there wasn't a client for me to see, um, I would, what can I do around, you know, the center? What can I label? Because you could label, put the dates on when formula was going to expire or something like that. Um, Most of the girls that I saw were happy about their pregnancy. So um, that was something I wasn't expecting. I thought everybody was going to be just, like, devastated and was going to have an abortion, and every time we had to save the baby. Um, but that really wasn't what it was from my experience. Those, those days happened, for sure, and I had those experiences. But the majority of the girls that I saw were happy about their pregnancy. But from my perspective, it wasn't the best situation. Um, so in my mind, there's a difference there. So 
to have young, unmarried, very emotionally unstable, hey, but I'm happy I'm pregnant, it was still, how can we help? How can we make sure she's going to have the support that she needs? Really encouraging the Earn While You Learn classes so that we can keep them tied in to um, being able, although you're happy, for it to be successful. Um, and just point them in. Uh, these are other resources for you. This is how you apply for WIC. This is how you apply for Medicaid. Um, and most of those questions, they were just, it was really beneficial to be able to answer those for them. Um, notes keep There were the spiritual times uh, where I often would just try to feel it out. When can I present the gospel? Is this a client that I should um, bring up? Um, just the spiritual component and, and take that opportunity. And then there's just times where you're just like, look, this is not going to work for this. And, the, and the, the ladies that are in charge, they were okay with that. They were like, you can always put your clipboard down. And I'll tell you about a client where I did that um, in just a second. Um, let's see. Uh, some of the girls were scared. Some of them were still unsure what they were going to do. But our, what you are allowed to do in those pregnancy um, counseling sessions is you're allowed to present the options to them. You, um, one of the hardest things for me is I was not allowed to try to give them what I would do, my perspective. Um, this would be the better thing. Um, you're only allowed to, in an unbiased way, present the options to them, which is you can keep the baby, you can parent you can place for adoption, or you can have an abortion. And so when it came to the abortion point, our um, job was to tell them the facts. How dangerous is this? Um, the realities. And if they were really open to it, we had booklets with pictures. Um, rarely did we get those out. It wasn't necessarily, it wasn't all, it was, it was hardly ever necessary because you could just give them a couple of facts about abortion and they were like, oh, didn't know that. Um, and so that was helpful. So in that, although you can't say, don't go get an abortion, because there's the risk of apparently in the past Planned Parenthood planting people in places like CPS and having bugs on them and having places like that closed down. And so the leadership there feels like it's necessary to just be as unbiased but present the facts. But when you present the facts about abortion and you present the facts about a baby being, um, you know, when they're developed, you have pictures um, in the counseling room with you about a baby's heartbeat, you know, when it's happening, um, what they look like at this stage. So if you come in from that test and I say, hey, I'm estimating that you're like 12 weeks along, I can show them a picture of what that baby looked like in their tummy growing. And so with those facts, it usually kind of leads to the obvious. Um, but then there's also that um, adoption piece that's like, oh, not, you know, most women um, that I met with chose to um, parent. Um, so that's my experience with that. But when it came to the spiritual stuff, um, because every once in a while I would get pretty far and feel like somebody either had a lot of questions or was really convicted about some stuff, I had asked the ladies for, per for permission to hand them my personal phone number. And so I did that probably between five and ten times and just handed it to them and said, um, just with the realization this isn't necessarily the best time you're dealing with this unplanned pregnancy right now, but if you have more questions about what we've talked about with Jesus, I'd love to buy you lunch on the square, and um, we'll just talk about it more. Um, now, nobody ever followed up with that, but I felt good about and and have still have some of those names written down of those girls that I met with and gave that number out to, like, maybe they still have it, you know, in their purse or something like that, and one day they would call. Um, so that was um, just kind of an extra step that I took. Um, that God had placed on my heart, but um, those were the 
that's what it looked like for me on a weekly basis and and some of the extra ways you can volunteer. All right, so that piece is a little bit more of a time commitment, um, but certainly a way that I think um, we want to encourage people to be a part of it if if schedules allow. Um, I think since Jen's schedule changed, we've we've lost kind of the ability to to know exactly what's going on there on a weekly basis because we have gone down there and done some of the facility maintenance for them. We had like a work day down there at one point and. Um, I think either having a board member presence or a counseling presence down there will help keep us in tune maybe a little bit more to other ways, maybe one-time ways that we could serve and, and give back to them just because we would have somebody down there hearing some of that stuff and, and not just out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, we continue to give diapers and we continue to go to those events that come throughout the year, but to maybe even know about some additional ways that we could do that just because we'd have somebody hearing from them on a regular basis. Okay, so we are going to give you guys the opportunity to formally respond and express interest in any of that so that we can better connect you with how to do that. And then um, Wednesday night, obviously, we got to spend a lot of time devoted to the foster care piece um, and just wanting you guys to continue to pray about the, um, the opportunity to provide meals, the opportunity to provide short-term care, and then the opportunity to provide long-term respite care uh, for foster care families. So not even asking yet for a commitment to become a foster parent, but simply just helping support those families that are already doing it. And so we're going to give you opportunities to, um, to express kind of a formal interest in that so that we can start plugging people in. That's part of our two-year goal. That's part of us figuring out who and how by taking some of these steps to kind of determine the exact needs and, and being able to determine how we can support in some of the ways that we're initially thinking. Okay, any questions, thoughts, or feedback on anything related to that? Okay, so your involvement in this right now is to be praying about these opportunities that we've shared and then to take time to respond to the sign-up sheet that we'll send out for you to kind of indicate some of the areas of interest that you have that you would want more information about, that you would want to maybe come to a smaller meeting about to where we could hash out some of the details that will really be shaped by who it is. So we can't even tell you what day we would do foster care training on because it would depend on finding 10 people and then us getting with those 10 people to kind of plan out that schedule. So that's where the next step in this process is to get you guys to indicate, here's where I would like to jump in. And, And be mindful too, you, you can't do everything because if you attempt to, if you've not been doing a whole lot and you attempt to try to do everything, you're probably going to not do any of it very well. So really kind of think through and pray through, man, where is God really potentially directing me with my gifts, my interests based on my schedule and my current commitments? Where can I jump in and be more involved as we try to develop a presence in this community? Okay, so the widow piece kind of falls in with what we've been doing or what we're talking about with the CPS based on our definition of a widow. We want to expand upon that and find other ways to serve the widow piece of this. But right now, really focusing on the foster care and the CPS first, trying to get some of those kinks and those details worked out before we even maybe go a step further with the widow piece. Okay. All right. The next week we talked about um, growing and equipping more leadership and our summary sentence repackage of that goal, our goal is to establish five elders and five deacons that are shepherding the church biblically and leading the church in service faithfully with the intent of sending a portion of the leadership to plant another church at the appropriate time. Um, why this goal? Because the process for becoming an elder or deacon is through appointment only. 
So the way that somebody becomes an elder or a deacon is to be appointed to such position by the church. And so that's that falls on us as a church to do that. Um, the purpose being to raise up godly examples who can instruct the flock, protect the flock, and maintain unity within the flock. So our two-year goal, what we want to definitely see done over the next two years, and this is certainly one that should be done in less time, is we want to determine Marcus's role in our church, right? Like we've put him forth as an elder candidate now, but we're not presuming that that's an automatic thing. We want you guys to go through the process as we've asked you to in examining him. We want him to continue to increase his responsibilities and leadership within this church. One, to even affirm that desire more and more in his own heart. Uh, we want to give him more teaching opportunities. And I mean, Marcus can, can continue to pray through this and could potentially opt out at, at some point too. Like we're hoping that's not the case. We even talked with him about that. But until he's appointed as an elder, he's not an elder of our church. So we do want to determine his role in our church moving forward. If, as we hope and expect, he is appointed as an elder, we will need to appoint a new deacon to assume his place. Um, And so that'll be something that hopefully happens over the next two years as well. And something that we can't control, that's praying for God to continue to raise up additional leadership as needed, particularly in the elder category. Um, but we can certainly pray for that, right? Scripture is very clear that we're to pray for these type of things, certainly praying for things that we know to be God's will. God's will is for elders to be appointed in churches, and so we pray confidently for that. We pray asking for those things, um, believing that God will bless us with those things as the timing is right on his side, and so we're doing, we want to do our part. We've got things in place to appoint as God calls people into leadership, we want to be faithful right now with what God has given to us, and that's Marcus's desire. So this is how we're handling it over the next two years, certainly before the end of two years. We hope to make him an elder of our church and appoint a new deacon to take his responsibility in that, that group of five for our deacon leadership. Okay, um, so how do you participate in this goal? Well, for one, we've asked you to pray and examine Marcus from now until May. Remember, I challenged you to set aside intentional time for you or your family to spend some time with him individually between now and May, having him and Renee over to your house, dialoguing with him, um, encouraging him, praying for him. It's your job to work through this process with us, okay? You already kind of did that when we, when we nominated him and made him a, a deacon of our church, which is why we did not ask for any concerns about Marcus's character because the Deacon qualification, elder qualification are virtually the same besides the teaching piece, right? So he is already a deacon of our church. We're moving him through the process of elder. But, man, I know he would benefit greatly even if the conversation was steered towards hard topics, topics that he needs to be equipped and able to speak to, right? So you have him over. You're having conversations. He's working through biblical questions. He's working through that piece of being able to teach and to counsel. And so I would encourage you to to dialogue with him. Get to know him as though he will be an elder for you in this church, right? Have conversations with him. Get his counsel. Get his advice. We want him to go through this process thoroughly to where when we're done, He's fully confident that you're fully confident in him serving as an elder of this church, okay? So that's a big part of what you're supposed to be doing right now. We're already real confident in him because we've spent a lot of time with him. We're asking that you increase your exposure to him as well in anticipation of him becoming potentially a greater leader within our church by assuming this, this responsibility. 
The other part for you is to pursue your own qualification of leadership, right? So we kind of talked through the, the qualification piece of what is an elder, what is a deacon, what is expected of them, what is their character supposed to look like? And then I challenged you, man, read through some of these things and ask the hard questions. Would I be known for this? Would I be known for this? Would I be known for this? And when you come to certain things that you're like, I don't know if I would be known for this in our church, that's an area to work on personally, to pursue sanctification in that area, because we will need more deacons and more elders as God continues to grow our church. And we certainly want people qualified for those, those positions as they, as they come about. And so uh, examining Marcus, personally pursuing qualification, and then praying for God to call more leaders is kind of your role in, in this goal, um, in this vision um, for our church over the next two years. Any thoughts, questions, feedback on this one? All right. Um, two weeks ago, we hit two of them at one time. So we talked about growing our membership with the purpose of planting. And then we also talked about developing a plan to plant when the timing is right. Um, so summary sentence, repackage. Our goal is to grow our membership to no more than 150 through new, new conversions as much as possible, right? And so when, when we said the 150 mark, we anticipated the potential of being able to fit that many people in our building, but it's all contingent on how many people come, how many kids they bring, and, and that type of thing. So what we're, we're kind of backing up and saying is that we don't really anticipate ever going over 150, but the need to plant could come sooner than that, if, especially if we want to stay right here in this context, in this building, and not branch out and, and go get something bigger. Um, we want to grow through new conversions. Hopefully you've kind of seen some of that through our Matt 28 nights where we're trying to equip you more and more and more to feel confident in sharing the gospel with a wide variety of different types of people, right? And so whether that's from an apologetic standpoint, whether that's through um, confronting people who are in a part of cults, whether that's just dialoguing with people who go to churches of different denominations that may or may not understand the gospel, we've tried to demonstrate our commitment to seeking to build the kingdom through new conversions and not just people jumping from other churches to our church by trying to equip you guys to be as confident as possible to share the gospel with other people. We want to develop a plan to plant when the timing is right. The repackage of that, our goal is to strategize a plan and new location to plant a local church by relocating a portion of our membership and leadership when our membership size and leadership ability is appropriate. We talked about the why part of this goal because the command and pattern for the local church is to grow through the teaching of the gospel. As the church grows, the only possible steps are create more space or create more gatherings, right? Some churches go to early service, later service. I can tell you, like, I am not called to that format. Like, I have no desire. When I get done teaching Sundays, I have no desire to turn right around and teach again in the next 30, 45 minutes. Like, that just seems virtually impossible for me. I don't know how some pastors do it. Some pastors are maybe wired differently. But the thought of doing that, I'm just not capable of that. So you either have to create more gatherings or more space, right? And we feel like that enough churches around here are creating more space. And most of the time you walk into some of these bigger churches, you're going to see some type of five-year plan typically somewhere in the foyer with like blueprints of, as we grow, we plan to build onto this current building or we plan to build on this piece of property that we purchased right down the road, that type of thing. What we want to communicate to people that come to visit our church is we don't have any of that because we're not really planning for that. We're planning to plant another church, right? And so 
Um, we want to err on the side of um, creating more gatherings versus continuing to build here. Um, Two-year goals for both of these. We want to develop an organized plan for welcoming and acclimating visitors into our church. Okay, so as we've kind of thought about this, we are, this is a weak area of our church in the sense that we're not organized in what we're supposed to do when a visitor comes to our church. We've kind of left it to be very organic, like hopefully somebody's talking to them, hopefully somebody engages with them, hopefully somebody makes them want to come back next week, hopefully maybe somebody got their phone number to stay in contact with them. We have real no organization to what it looks like for somebody to come to our church and visit our church and feel like they're a part of our church moving forward to where they get led into membership. Um, we want to strategize and kind of organize and plan that process a little bit more um, than what we have currently in place. And then we want to develop a ten- potential plan for how it would look for us to plant when the time is right. So that may not happen in two years. We may not be ready to plant a church in two years. Are probably not going to be able to do that in two years because so much of that relies on God and God bringing people, God saving people, God growing our church. Like we can't manufacture growth the ways that we want to grow, right? Like we could, we could invest money and, and make a big show and get a lot of people to come probably, but not the way that we want to grow. It's not something that kind of falls in our hands. Um, but we do want to have a plan in place um, if for no other reason, because some of us are in starter homes in Sonoy, and as God blesses our families and, and we have more kids, there may come the question of, well, I need to, I got to buy a different house because this house isn't big enough anymore. And we start to think through, okay, where am I going to buy a house at? What I'd love is to kind of be able to tell people, here's where we hope to plant a church. So if you're going to move not to Sonoy or you have to move out of Sonoy because you can't afford to live in Sonoy, here's maybe the great place to move to in anticipation of another one of our churches popping up in that area, right? We're like, we're in the very early beginning, like haven't really talked about that stage of this. We'll need a full two years to have that in place. But it kind of puts some urgency on us as elders to spend the next two years getting this in place, okay? What, are, what is your role in this? What is your job in this? Well, we talked a little bit a couple of weeks ago about some immediate application points for you. There's a lot that we're doing as elders, right? We, we told you that we're trying to examine our C groups. We're going to try to plan to increase the amount of groups that are in Sonoy so that people that visit have a place to go in Sonoy if they want to. We want to carefully define the role of the elder and the C group leader in those formats so each knows kind of their responsibility. We want to equip new C group leaders and have a formal way to do that. Um, talked about connecting our visitors in our church in a more strategic way. Um, we even talked briefly this past week when we met about kind of going back through and reevaluating our membership process and cleaning that up and making sure it's exactly how we want it to be um, as people come and visit and want to join. Um, but for you, I gave you three immediate goals, immediate action points for you to take. Can anybody remember what the three things that you're supposed to be doing in a short period of time are? What's one of them? Okay, and that one was due when? That was due last week right? Like everybody was supposed to have a spiritual conversation with somebody at home, at work, in the family that you, you don't even, if you're not fully sure where they're at spiritually, right? And I told you, I'm not even saying you have to share the gospel with them, like just have some type of spiritual conversation with them. And I want to, I want to get some feedback on whether that happened or not in just a minute, but what are the other two? All right, show hospitality to people in our church by doing what? 
Yep. Having somebody over to your house, having somebody over to your house that you either have never had over to your house or maybe it's been a really long time, right? To show hospitality to people in our church, keep them connected and simply have somebody over to your house or have some type of hospitality type event approach, take them to dinner, whatever it is, if you don't have a house with somebody in our church that you've never done that with before. And then what's the third one? Yep, connect with somebody from your accountability group one-on-one between your next meeting and then the next one. So pending where you were at as far as the next time you were supposed to meet, I asked you to meet with somebody in your accountability group one-on-one between your next meeting and then the next one. Just spend some time together, hang out outside of that formal accountability time, okay? I don't know how many people have done that yet. I know I've gotten some feedback from people that have had people over to their house, and it's great to hear some of those things happening. Anybody want to share just briefly about a spiritual conversation that you had? And if you haven't done that yet, it can be turned in late, right? Like we'll give you, we'll give you 75% credit like we do at Trinity for, for, a, for a late grade. Um, anybody had a spiritual conversation that you could express some fruit about maybe that, hey, I did it, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be? I knew when I posed that to you guys who I wanted to talk to, and that was um, to uh, my PE teacher at Trinity. Um, simply because I know he is trying to work through like the whole church thing and, and trying to find a place that that's right for him. And um, he's dating a girl and I know, you know, would potentially like to marry her. And so I just initiated the conversation saying, hey, man, like I want to encourage you for, for this to work, for this relationship to work in the ways that you're wanting it to, it's going to be so necessary for the spiritual component to be a part of this, that you've got to be a spiritual leader. You've got to lead her uh, and you together into a local church family um, so that you can be equipped to even be a better spiritual leader than you're already equipped to be, and they can take care of you. And so just in kind of challenging him to think through that, because he had he'd expressed a, a desire to me that he didn't really like where he was currently going and didn't feel like it was a good fit. And so I knew he was already kind of thinking in those terms. And so just by having that conversation, he asked, you know, for me last week, he said, what time do you guys start? What do I need to wear? You know, when do we need to get there? And so um, it was great to see him just come last week just because of a commitment that I made to have a spiritual conversation with him. We talk football all the time. We talk school all the time. We don't always get a chance to talk about spiritual things. And so I made that effort that week that I'd asked you guys to have that conversation. And, you know, he showed up. And I probably have never been as nervous as I was last week in, in teaching just because I felt such a pressure to to, to connect with him in such a way where we can keep having those conversations. Cause I know like we're probably nothing like he's ever experienced. He's going to have typically gone to much bigger churches um, and whatnot. And so I knew we would be a lot different. I don't know if he'll ever come back, um, but I was encouraged to, to see just some, an, a little bit of fruit come from me stepping out and having a spiritual conversation with him. So um, if you haven't done those things, encourage you to do those things. Um, those are, those are m- many steps that you take in moving us towards these goals we want to share the gospel. We want people to get saved. We want people to join our church, not so that we can reach a, a number, not so we can plant another church just so that we can say we've done those things, but because we want to see Christ's kingdom grow. We want to see the amount of people from every tribe, nation, and tongue increase that are singing in the book of Revelation that we look forward to and long for, okay? Um, and the last thing we talked about last week, connecting with the mission-minded ministries that disciple, translate, and plant churches. So instead of our goal being to try to plant a church ourselves overseas. We're saying we want to identify and connect our church with mission-minded ministries that are focused on discipleship, Bible translation, and global church planting, enabling our members to partic- participate and partner in a variety of ways. 
right? So in fulfillment of the Great Commission, the book of Acts shows a missional commitment by the early church to take the word in an understandable language to areas in need of the gospel, discipleship, and local churches. Um, Told you last week, I think Snowbird fits into this because of the ways that they are discipleship-minded, the ways that our church has increased its desire to even connect with them. Like we've seen our our exposure to them increase when it was just um, us going as a youth group, when it was just us going as ladies retreat. Now we've got people going to the couples retreats. We're even talking about doing a men's retreat. So um, more of us are kind of buying into what they're doing. And then they have so many people that come and serve with them that then end up going to the mission field from their staff. So they are even generating people who are going overseas and doing some of these things. So I certainly think they fit into this category. We talked last week about um, just with Chris' health challenges and some of the things that he's facing that Grace for Education for us is kind of on pause right now while we try to see how that kind of plays itself out. Um, So in the next two years, we certainly want to determine who we plan to support and how we plan to do it because what I want, what I desire, what I think is is needed within our church is if we've got kids growing up in this church that God pricks their heart about being involved not just here in this area but wanting to go and serve overseas and be a part of this much like Paul and Barnabas had a desire to do that when the church looked to send people out I want us to know where we're supposed to send these people and not just tell them hey go look for some websites go see if you can find some mission organizations we'd love to pray for you if you find something like to have a strategy in place that says, man, we'd love to send you for two years to go help this missionary family that's working to plant a church, right? The Mormons are great at sending people, and before kids go off to college or a part of their college, a lot of kids that grow up in Mormon churches have to commit to a two-year mission, right? And the IMB kind of came along and did like a two-year thing with Journeyman that John Mark was a part of. I mean, I'd love for us to have something that it's becoming more common for kids to not graduate and then just jump off to a four-year school, right? A lot of people are starting to do what's called a gap year where you go and do something for a year. I know the pastor at Trinity, his son went and served overseas in India for a year, and now he's enrolled in a college. Others might work for a couple of years before they go to school. I'd love to have something that we're connected to mission-wise that our kids could be a part of if they're not sure what to do next. What a great way to spend a year trying to figure out what to do next if we could connect them with something globally, something they could be a part of, whether it's Bible translation or church planting or discipleship. We want to make a commitment to our youth that might want to go work at Snowbird, right? Like I'd love to see our church be able to say, hey, if you'll go work at Snowbird for a summer, we'll give you some scholarship money when you decide to go to college. We would love for you to invest time there. We believe in it enough there. Don't worry about making money to go to college. We'll try to invest some money to show you that we would love to see you go work at Snowbird for a summer. So we've even had some conversations about that for our budget. How would that work for us to show a financial investment to our kids? Go work at Snowbird for a time period, and we'll invest and help you with college if you'll make that commitment. So two-year goal, we want to determine who and how we plan to do that. Action that we would ask of you right now to pray for clarity for us as we kind of work through this, but to present any opportunities that you would like for us to consider in supporting somebody, right? Like a lot of us know either organizations or individuals that are doing some of these things. We obviously can't support everybody, but we'd love to hear from you about maybe some people that you know you're connected with. Some of you have family members that are on the mission field that certainly deserve our consideration as to whether or not our church could potentially support and help either fund or send people to kind of help. 
Remember, we saw Epaphroditus was sent from the Philippian church for a time period to go help Paul. Um, I'd love for us to be able to send people to do that type of thing as well. What I want to do is pass out this, and I'll get Topi and Marcus to do this. So this is kind of a chart to kind of summarize everything that we just talked about for you to take. So you can kind of see on the left-hand side what it is we're trying to do as a church, what we're praying about and wanting to see accomplished over the next two years. And then the right side column is what you can do as a member to push us in that direction as a church. And the stuff on the right side is stuff that we want to update regularly as we teach, as we learn, as things come about in our planning process. We want to update the right side. Okay, so Tyson and I even took time this morning to erase the two dry erase boards in the back. And our plan is to put the left side stuff on the left board, the right side stuff on the right board, and then we update the right side regularly so that when you walk in on a Sunday morning, you're reminded this is what I'm supposed to be doing to help us meet the goals on the left, right? And everything on the left is stuff that we as elders really believe ought to be done in two years. We ought to be able to determine who and how we're going to serve in this local community. That's just a matter of us sitting down and planning and getting people involved and finding our niche for this area. What are we going to do? It's absolutely two years worth of uh, possibility of us having Marcus appointed as an elder and us replacing him with another deacon, if that's what God wants us to do. To develop an organized plan for welcoming and acclimating visitors into our church. Man, if we come out of the summer 2020 and we still haven't figured out how to get visitors acclimated in our church, like, there's a problem. So that's certainly a realistic goal that should happen in the next two years. To develop a potential plan for how to plant another church when the time is right, that one's going to take full two years. Okay, that's the last one we will be working on. It'll be late summer 2020, potentially, when we, when we feel like we've got something in place. But that's the only one that I think should take a full maximum two years to get finished. Because the last one is simply us finding who and how to support from a, from a missional type standpoint. Okay, so you kind of see what it is we want to do on the left side, how you contribute on the right side currently, right now, what we've asked of you. And like I said, these things will get updated regularly because... The one in the middle, man, these things are due like in the next couple of weeks, like the expectation of when you were supposed to have these things done. So our goal is to get these things up there. Let's do these things. Let's erase them, and let's keep adding shorter, smaller tasks, goals that push us towards these bigger things. Okay, so right now we're going to give you opportunity over the, the next week or two. Give us formal feedback on your interest level in serving in the proposed ways that we've talked about with CPS and foster care. Pray for Marcus. Be faithful to examine him between now and May. Personally pursue qualifications based on Titus and 1 Timothy, and then pray for God to call more leaders in our church. Have that one spiritual conversation. Have that one family or individual from our church over to your house. Spend time with one person outside of your accountability group between their next two meetings. Pray for our elders to have wisdom about how to do this in regards to developing a plan to plant. And then lastly, you'll have a way to formally do this as well submit people or ministries that you're personally connected with to the elders for consideration. So we want this to be updated regularly. So probably in the next four weeks, there will be new stuff on the right side that is expected of you that will continue to build towards the stuff on the left side. Okay? Any thoughts, questions, or feedback, anything that's not clear about some of this stuff? Again, tried to show you why for each one of these from Scripture. 
Why? Because this is what the pattern is in the New Testament, what local churches are supposed to be doing. Caring for widows, equipping leaders, um, finding ways to expand their church, um, sending people forth to plant more churches, and, and sending church members to go support that and help that. We want to make sure that we're doing those things faithfully. It takes a lot of planning, takes a lot of feedback, takes a lot of help from everybody in the church to get us there. That's why we want to make sure that we're equipping you guys to do that with us. Any thoughts, questions, or feedback? All right, well, that kind of concludes that, that time period where I said I wanted to kind of really go back over our vision as a church and, and um, recommunicate that to you. So next week, the plan is for us to jump into the book of Hebrews, um, and I'm really excited about doing that. And, and like I told you before, we'll do it kind of in a fast-paced format to where we're going to try to cover, if possible, a chapter a week. Um, if not a chapter a week, you know, maybe a chapter every two weeks, but the goal is to not get bogged down too much in verse by verse, not because that's not good, because obviously that's how we typically teach. Um, but I want us to, to be able at times to go through books really quickly, give you a good overview. Maybe you go back and study it a little bit more on your own, and then we jump back into a book verse by verse. And so the goal is going to be to do that with um, one of the Gospels um, after we go through the book of Hebrews. So Hebrews will probably take us up till a little bit past Christmas time, and then um, we'll jump into um, one of the four Gospels um, at that time and, and go through it slower as we work through it, um, verse by verse, story by story, um, that type of approach. So really looking forward to next week getting into the book of Hebrews. encourage you to be here as we start that study um, next week. I'm going to pray for us. Tyson's going to come, and then we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper, as we always try to do on Application Sundays. This is, again, just an opportunity for us to once again express the faith that we've already expressed in Christ, um, but to have that opportunity to to do that again publicly as we partake of the Lord's Supper together, to do that in unity with other believers. Um, and, and just to reiterate, we, we do this um, not to earn our salvation, not to maintain our salvation. It is simply an expression of salvation that's already occurred in our life. And so as I like to do um, when we do this, I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which is Paul's instruction about partaking of communion together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so uh, by partaking together this morning, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. We're proclaiming the gospel. We're proclaiming it to people in this room that aren't believers yet. And so we do believe this is something that believers partake in. And so we would ask only believers to partake this morning. Um, the body of Christ being represented through our bread, his perfect life, his righteousness that he comes to earn on our behalf, a righteousness that, that we're incapable of earning because of our sinful nature. And then the juice representing the blood that Christ has shed for us for our remission of sins. And so he has absorbed God's wrath. And so we proclaim that. It's a great teaching tool for our kids as they're learning about the gospel. Uh, we partake of that to proclaim his death, and then we also do it to anticipate the fact that one day we won't do this without Jesus, that one day we'll be able to dine with Jesus as believers for all eternity. And so this is a, 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 um, a prequel. Or, you know, what's coming in the future is going to be far greater than what we do today.
but we're certainly thankful for the chance to take today in an act of unity as this local church. And so encourage you to partake. We want to give you the opportunity to pray, to worship on your own. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. It's available in the back. Tyson will come and close us in, in singing uh, today as well. God, we do praise you and thank you for just the last several weeks that we've had to re-examine our purpose as a local church through Scripture, to see the things that you're calling us to do and be as believers here in this community. Father, I pray that you would continue to help us to move forward as a church, to not be content to simply gather, uh, but to be very intentional about calling people to repentance, seeing your kingdom grow, um, equipping people to, to assist in that process serving people who are less fortunate than us as a means and a demonstration of your love as we wait for Jesus to come back. We thank you that all of these things that we're talking about are possible and necessary and available simply because you came and died for us. That um, if relationship wasn't available for us with you, then, then none of the things we're talking about would be even a possibility. So God, we recognize and are grateful and thankful that we can even talk about our church and what you desire for our church because we have a relationship extended to us by you. We thank you that Jesus came to be perfect for us. We thank you that Jesus came to die for us, to forgive us of our sins, to make us righteous in your eyes. God, we celebrate that today. We thank you that we can proclaim the death and the resurrection of Jesus today. We look forward to the day that Jesus comes back. I pray that if there's anybody here who's not a believer, that they would... Um, understand the gospel better today because of what takes place and that they too would join us in waiting and longing for Jesus to come back. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.sovhope.org.